All right. There we go. Another episode of the Charging Buffalo podcast. I wanted to switch it up, Joe. I wasn't going to tell you before the show, but I want to switch up the intro here. Welcome everybody in. As you know, I'm Luke. Joe is on the other side of the screen. And uh, I mean, we went, we went on, a, we kind of joined the Sabres in that COVID pause, didn't we? We oh, didn't yeah, get COVID. None of us had COVID. I'm just yeah. saying we went on a little 21-day bye week or whatever it was, but uh, we're back. Yeah, what, what is there to talk about during a three-week, two, three-week break from That's this right. disaster of hockey team, you know? That's right. It is a Sabres-themed <laughs> podcast, and when the Sabres aren't playing, I mean, this isn't the off-season. There's no draft to talk about or anything, but... Exactly. Yeah, so we're back here. Well, there's a lot of talk about now. Well, should we call sure. it the Charging Bu- the Charging Buffalo Podcast Network? I like that. I mean, we have the Supermetrics guys doing their thing, yeah, I right? Guess we, I guess you can say that, yeah. We can call it that. That's what I wanted to call it forever. See, I like to see yeah. myself as the program director of the Charging Buffalo. You know? <laughs> Put it on the resume. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. There we go. Well, anywho, let All me bring right. up a little rundown here. Uh, yeah, you um, know. the game yesterday was pretty decent. I mean, for yeah. probably, I would say the vast majority of the game against the Devils, they looked pretty boring. But there was a brief, like five minute stretch in the third period where they looked really fun. Well, you know what, Joe? When, uh, Actually, um, I was. I know this is a cliche, it's an overused term, but. This might have been like the second or third time only that they played a full 60 minutes this season. I was very impressed. Yeah. I thought they played a pretty good game, but like boring. And that's Ralph Kruger's way to go. I get that at this point, but they were pretty boring. It was a pretty boring game besides like five minutes in the third period when Cousins scored and Asplund scored. Venus almost exciting. Linus was, was fantastic. He was mm-hmm. great. Like, I I was watching the game with my grandpa yesterday, as I usually do, and I told him, Allmark seems like the kind of guy that you let him go and then he becomes a star. Mm-hmm. If, mm-hmm. I Do you get that same feeling, too? Uh, maybe. Like, he shows maybe. flashes of being a really, really good goalie, mm-hmm. but there's just, like when you need a save out of him, it's like wrong, it, ill timing goals that go in like, and it's been kind of the story of the season and last season. Like you need a save to win the game. He lets it in. He's making all the saves and is playing great. And the team doesn't score in front of him. Like it happens mm-hmm. on a pretty regular basis. And I don't want to compare him to Robin Leonard because I feel like there were more, more gaffes and ugly goals and more criticism towards Leonard. And you can probably make an argument that's because they gave a first round pick for the guy, mm-hmm. but he did show flashes of greatness sometimes here. And Allmark has been doing kind of the same thing. And I could see, okay, they're like, mm, we'll let him go in the off season. We're going to go with two new goalies next year. And we're going to see what happens. And Allmark is going to go to like San Jose or Detroit or something like that and be just really, really good. Like he's a really good, I, I don't want to call him a really good goalie, but like he's 
at this point, I want to call him like a really good fringe starter well, tandem guy. Oh, you, know, you know the you know? term like a solid NHL goalie? Yeah. I feel like that's what he is. Right? Like if, he's okay. If, if he's you okay. heard the term yeah. solid NHL goalie, you know, like they, they he's, like, he's a solid NHL goalie, goaltender. I'd think of Linus Allmark. He's yeah, not like going to, he, he won't sink your ship, but he won't put you over the top. He's there. You're exactly right. Yeah. If you have a good team, you can win with them. If you have a bad team, uh, he's probably not going to win. He's not going to win you any games, but I mean, he'll keep you in them. Yeah, That's I think what you're I exactly think right. When I hear, when I see Linus Allmark or think Linus mm-hmm. Allmark. See, I think they should try and keep him. Mm-hmm. And roll with a good tandem for next season. Like I think of like Anti Ranta, bring in you know, a guy like Anti Ranta to go with Linus Allmark, and then you go from there. I don't want to say split the games, but you got two good goalies instead of Allmark, who is pretty good, mm-hmm. maybe good, and then <laughs> Hutton, who should never play another game the rest of the season. I did I'm tweet out a list. Sorry, of I was taking a sip of coffee there, but UFA goalies for next season, and I'm going to pull that up right now. Well, you let know, me bring that up too, because I'm curious. Around the topic of goalies, we might as well go over this list. Well, when you season. pull that up, let me just say about next season. Let me say that. Uh, yeah, I am a little surprised that uh, Carter Hutton hasn't like played in a few games. Right. I mean, they went back to back with Linus, which is surprising today. And or I'm sorry, uh, what would be Tuesday's game and Monday's game? Allmark played um, back to back. Correct. Yeah, yeah. that should so, show uh, the confidence level in Carter Hutton mm-hmm. <laughs> at this point, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. OK, I have the list of UFA goalies for 2021 offseason. Hold up. Uh, Hutton and Allmark are on the list, but it's a pretty long list with some, I would call quality starting goaltenders and like good tandem guys that I was alluding to earlier. Mm-hmm. Starting with Tuka Rask, I think he probably goes back to Boston. Uh, Frederick Anderson, Pecorine, Jordan Bennington, Devin Dubnik, Antti Ranta, James Reimer, Philip Grubauer, Peter Mrazek, Jonathan Bernier, David Riddick, Hutton Allmark. Halak, Lundqvist, and Laurent Brassois. You know what? You I thoughts? think I said this to you the other day. Laurent Brassois is going to be the guy who teams like like we did with Carter Hutton, right? Yeah, I was just gonna say the next like Carter the Sabers do with Carter Hutton. He's going to be that guy, the career backup who is having this great season as a backup in Winnipeg. He's probably late twenties, early thirties at this point but a team is going to throw a bunch of money at him and be like, Hey, we like what you did last <laughs> year at playing 20 or so games. Uh, come be our starter. And I think the Sabres, what if the Sabres do that? Which is it's, it might be um, a possible, <laughs> but I don't it's a calculated I, risk. I used to really like David Riddick, but I don't know if I'd want the Sabres to go after him. Maybe. I mean, he'd be better than Hutton, right? If they brought it, if they brought back all Oh yeah. Him, well, Allmark and 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 um, and Riddick, or even if they sign Brassois, let's say to be that to do the one A one B thing again with with Linus, mm-hmm. that could be effective because um, 
I mean, every team is essentially going with a one A one B this season anyway. Yeah, for how sure. The schedule is so. Uh, well, also no, another thing. It's a deep Lucan in too. Right, right, what, but it's yeah. Year? <laughs> I know if he could slot into the the backup role, that would be nice. But uh, it's a, it's it, from what I remember, it's a deep goalie uh, UFA class, is it not? Like you said, oh yeah, that's um, one, two, three, four, five different six, tiers seven. and whatnot. But um, 15, 16 guys, uh, yeah, could or at least fringe starter caliber. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a goalie carousel for next season for sure. I love those goalies, Joe. I'll be right on top of that. Mm-hmm. I, uh, Freddie Anderson is interesting for me. I know you don't like him that much, but no, he's the right he's price. Growing on me. Yeah, at the right price, I think I would like that. Mm-hmm. And for fringe starter guys, I think like Reimer or Mrazic, Ranta, I would like a lot. Riddick would be okay. I think you know Mrazic. I uh, think I Rene like... Rene is probably retiring too. I would imagine. Yeah, I don't think he'd want to go anywhere else in his career at this age after, I mean, you know, he's been on, I don't want to say borrowed time, but he's been overstaying his welcome a bit. Predators are having him as a, as an untouchable. I guess everyone's available in Nashville, except for Pecorine, uh, Roman Yossi and Ryan Ellis. Everyone else is available. Is Rene the greatest predator in history? Would you say? Or well, Shea Weber, of course, exists. I'd probably go with Rene, Rene or Weber. I think I'd go with Rene too, because he was there for the cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's been there forever. But, yeah, yeah. Nashville's gonna be an interesting team to watch out for, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think goaltending. They didn't address it this off season. I think next off season it's gonna be. Excuse me. Uh, very interesting to watch out for. Mm-hmm. All right, now into some Sabers news. If you have anything else to touch on in that game or the the previous Islanders game before we get into it, no. Uh, well, um, they kind of did the turtling thing again, did they not? Yesterday, they or the, in the, in the yeah. Devils, and they did the turtling thing. Yeah, you had the three nothing lead. They kind of did it the other night as well uh, against or the other. Uh, Saturday game against the Devils, right? Saturday they play this. Yeah, every Saturday. time they have a lead, yep, of more than a goal, even if it's a goal, they turtle, and it's very annoying to watch. Mm-hmm. I remember the there was a Rangers game before uh, the whole team got COVID. Yes, and would they have like one or two shots in the third this period? Was, yeah, this is the they first game, Rangers but... game. And the, even in the Islanders game, the, I think it was the first or second, it might have been the second Islanders game, where the Islanders were winning and the Sabres had zero shots in the third period. Mm-hmm. I, I don't get it. This defensive low event hockey just drives me bonkers. Right. And I, it drives me nuts looking at, I love the heat charts, okay? The heat charts of where they're taking their shots from yeah. and whatnot, because it's all just around the perimeter. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, and now I've been paying so much more attention to that too. And like, seriously, that's all they do is they just, they circle the offensive zone whenever they have it in no, there. You know what they do? They give the puck to Colin Miller and he just bombs it from the point every single time. Yeah. It just drives me crazy. Because mm-hmm. once you do that, you're going to hit some guy in the shin and then the puck goes the other way. Your possession dies on Colin Miller's stick. Yeah. I just, I don't get it. And I thought Miller played a pretty decent game yesterday with Bryson. 
and we'll probably get into more of that in a little bit, but oh my god. I, I Colin Miller can go. I used to really like Colin Miller before he was a Sabre, and I thought that he was pretty good towards the beginning of last year, but right when he the season started He was one of those darlings. Die, he was one yeah. of those darlings everybody wanted us to trade for, or wanted mm-hmm. the Sabres to trade for. Yeah, they got the O'Reilly second-round pick for him, plus like a fifth-round pick in 2022, I think. And it sucks. It didn't work out, but oh my God, I don't know. I don't know about him. And I think I want to talk about this too. Like they've traded for these guys that are puck moving defensemen, offensive minded, like to carry the puck, like Brandon Montour carries the puck, has skill. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Colin Miller, likes to carry the puck, has more of an offensive minded defenseman. I would go and say they trade for these guys. And then what do they do? They make Ralph Kruger the coach and want to play a defensive shutdown system. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense at all. And I don't let me get off of this topic because I want to talk about this when we get into Skinner. Mm-hmm. But that's, I guess that's a tease for our last segment of the podcast today. But it's just very frustrating that they bring in these guys who are offensive minded and are puck moving defensemen and then they play dump and chase defensive minded hockey. We'll get into that later. Yes, it, it, it is. And it makes you think about uh, Ralph Kruger's qualifications. I mean, oh yeah, that's kind of where hockey is heading towards now. The, the punk, the puck moving defenseman. And he was away from the game for so long. You question how much he was actually aware of that. <laughs> To be kind, and the Sabers take a step backwards. Right. I. It and I don't like mean that's to, always the case. <laughs> I, like you said, I, I mean I'm going to save this for the Skinner thing, my criticism of Kruger, but um, well, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. All right. All right. All right. Uh, Jake McCabe. He's probably Tough. been one of their best players this season. I, I, if you're a longtime listener of this podcast, I probably haven't liked Jake McCabe since, oh my God, it was rookie year, the year after his rookie year. Mm-hmm. He Last season was rough for him. I thought Ristolainen and McCabe was never going to work ever again. It worked this year. Mm-hmm. They looked really good. I think this is probably the best hockey Ristolainen has ever played in his career. And McCabe, takes a tumble in the corner and he, what the heck? It was like three injuries in his knee, ACL, meniscus, MCL two, perhaps mm-hmm. he's out six to eight months. So mm-hmm. he may very well have played his last game as a Buffalo Sabre. He's going to be a unrestricted free agent this off season. And well, so also if what he does resign, which I think there's a pretty good chance of it too. He'll be back for potentially opening night next season. Well, I think uh, he's one of the only guys who would, you know, he brought toughness to the team, right? He's one of the only guys who would get in there and stick up for his teammates. So you're losing that aspect. The suburban hockey dad's dream. Suburban hockey dad's dream. That's right. But you're losing that aspect (laughs) of the team as well. Uh, But yeah, like you're saying, I mean, he and Risto uh, were having probably the best seasons, uh, well, at least in quite some time for, for McCabe, but Risto, I think undoubtedly the best start to a season ever for him as a Sabre, mm-hmm. but uh, no, you got to wonder how, how Risto feels too, 
right? It's not our gut punch he's for very, him. He's very sick. That's right. how I, he feel. That's how he feels. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't feel good. Uh, but uh, he, yes. But, I mean, that's another gut punch, not knowing if you're able to come back, who your partner is going to be uh, on the defense. Uh, yeah, so, is he going to be able to come back? And if you don't know right. what we're talking about, Rasmus Ristolainen and had severe COVID side effects. And mm-hmm. he, I think I saw, he thought he was going to die. Right. And it, dying. <laughs> that it was translated from Finnish. So it was, it was worded a little oddly, but that's kind of what uh, I read into that. You know, it's like he said, mm-hmm. well, it was something like the way it was worded was like, I didn't know if I was going Heart to problems. Yes, yes, but he said I didn't know if I was going to wake up here tomorrow. So mm-hmm. it, it's 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 scary stuff, and it's Trouble it, getting out of bed. Yeah, what's even scarier is that he is. I mean, we all know the kind of shape that he's in. Yeah, he's a freak. He's probably he's, he's, the, the, in the best shape on that entire team. Right, right. He's an animal, that guy, and for him to be affected that badly, I mean, I haven't heard anyone around the NHL. Uh, this season who's been that badly affected um, by the, well, there's Marco Rossi who he's out for the season because of COVID effects. Oh, so he's not going to play this year. That's horrible. We'll see. We'll see uh, how that affects his NHL career. It's really a shame if I, I'm hoping that he's going to be able to play because that would really, really suck for Minnesota wild fans. If he wasn't able to, have an NHL career because of this virus. Mm-hmm. My God. Yeah, that's awful. Um, uh, no, Risto. I think I, I think I saw that he just wasn't going to take the road trip, so maybe we'll hear more today or tomorrow if he's going to be playing against the Devils Thursday night. But that's something to keep an eye out for. But obviously, as much as the fan base has butted heads with Ristolainen, and we hope that he has a speedy recovery for this virus. It's really a shame. You know, and yeah, I, I've always had a soft spot for him, you know, but uh, I, I hope that's come across on here at times. But no, the scariest part reading that was when he said he, it felt like his, his heart was cracking. Did you see that part? Or it felt yeah. like that yeah. was. <laughs> Ooh. But no, it's scary. Obviously, we wish Risto the, the best and uh, hope for his speedy recovery, but also take as much time as he needs and i hope the team understands that um as well for sure mm-hmm. speaking of more injuries will borgen comes up plays extreme i wouldn't maybe not extremely well but he he played really well in those handful of games up with the team he even got to play rasmus Dahlin, which is something i think we all have been hoping to see even going back to development camp a couple of years ago and they played pretty well together, and what do you know? In what well, I don't know what game it was, but it, uh, arm fracture. I think he had to get surgery out six to eight weeks. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that that's a gut punch for Borgen. You obviously again hope that he has a quick recovery and gets back into the lineup because I think he was really a bright spot, bright spot in the lineup. And he's, you know, you always hear he's an old school defenseman. But like he's like that modern day defensive defenseman. Like he can actually skate pretty well. 
he throws around his body and he's very defensively responsible too, which mm-hmm. I think this guy it's a shame that it took a virus outbreak in that locker room to get him to play because if that didn't happen, do you think he was going to get in that lineup? Probably no. Not. And you know, that's, that's what's so unfortunate is that like it, it, this is kind of revealing just how like much it's going to take for us to get these young guys uh, up here. Like if, if Lawrence pilot was still on the team, like I wonder if they would have even gone to him here, <laughs> you know, like would it have taken one more injury where they've gone to Morgan <laughs> yeah. over him? Uh, but no, it's tough to, and again, thinking about uh, Darlene who, finally right found somebody who he was who he had a good game with mm-hmm. uh and now who are they going to stick him back with was who did he play with um uh montour yes montour okay yeah i think it was montour but darlene being all around the topic of him he's been looking really good yes lately yes. like especially and- on the power play because i think even going back to last year you would see like they would drop the puck back to him. He would fumble it. It would go past the yes. blue line, and they'd have to reset up. Diving that was for really it, frustrating. breakaways the other but end. Like you very, very rarely see that for, out of him anymore, and he's just so confident passing the puck. And it is very nice to see him get back to, like, I don't want to say top form, but he, he looks really good again, and he you could see that he's got that swagger back. And he tried going end to end yesterday. If you head over to the Charger Buffalo Twitter account, actually, there's a gif of that where he threw New Jersey defenders uh, through center ice. It was just imagine being that skilled. (laughs) Yeah, he didn't want too many moves, but it's a shame to see Rob Ray berating him, saying, oh, you can't do that. Oh, my God. I, I couldn't believe it. Like, you want to see this guy do that. If Darlene turns the puck over, trying to make an end-to-end rush, the fact that he can even get that far, come on. But, like, that's his style. Let him let him do that. And I really hope that he didn't get to the bench and Kruger takes out his paddle and smacks him on his butt. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't, you don't want to see that. You, Obviously, you don't want him to turn the puck over, but you want to see that offensive creativity out of your defenseman that you invested a number one overall pick on, you know? Right, right. Oh, okay. Well, it's about but, darn yeah, time that they Oregon. do. We're, the Sabres are lucky enough to have a guy who could potentially be their Cal McCarr or their Quinn Hughes who can move the puck like that. And, uh, again, just not letting him flourish is – or, you know, take advantage of that skill set is uh, one of the biggest waste of potential that you could possibly have on your team. Easily. Yeah, Oregon, he looks good. We hope he gets back into this lineup. And speaking of Borgen, um, probably because he's played so well in Elliot Friedman's 31 Thoughts article up at sportsnet.ca, uh, he said Brandon Montour is made available for a trade. The Sabres are looking to move Brandon Montour. So I believe tomorrow is the one-year anniversary of the Brandon Montour trade, Ghoulie and a first-round pick, which turned out to be Braden Two-year anniversary? Nice... Yeah, two-year anniversary of yeah. – or is it three years? I think it's two years of the Brandon Montour trade. So obviously that didn't work out, but I don't think it's necessarily Brandon Montour's fault. And we're going to get more towards that when we get to 
uh, Ralph Kruger and Jeff Skinner, but yeah, it sucks. They paid a lot for him and the trade didn't work out and it sucks. And maybe they get a third round pick from Montour, which I can live with that. They don't have a third round pick this year because of the Jimmy VC trade. For some reason, they invested two third round picks in that guy, but wow. That was yeah. a while ago too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Rangers have the Sabres third round pick this year. Um, but yeah, like, I would just get whatever you can for him. You get cap space, a draft mm-hmm. pick, and then move on, get Borgen in that lineup every night. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Yeah. I'm misunderstanding this. I thought I thought we used one of the I thought we used this third round pick back when we initially traded for uh, his rights. Oh no, no. This is the oh, second boy. Jimmy. Okay. <laughs> well then it's not too bad. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like an NBA trade. What are they doing? Oh yeah. Could you imagine if they gave up a 2021 third round oh, pick my in goodness. 2016 for VC? Man. I don't even know. Has that I mean, ever happened what, in the NFL where you trade that far in advance? <laughs> no, but I, it happens in the NBA all the time. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. But yeah, get Borgen in that lineup. Montour can go or Miller or both. Um, I, I can live with that. Package but, deal. Yeah. Um, speaking of the young defenseman coming in the lineup, another young defenseman coming in in that doubles game, Jacob Bryson. Oh, yes. I was mightily impressed. I like his number two, 78. I'd never seen him play. He's taller than I thought he was, and he moves well for his size, doesn't he? He's a, a nice. Oh, yeah. Slend- a great not really slender time. frame, but a good frame to him. Good height. Uh, great skater. Had, by my count, two shots yesterday. Uh, almost post, a goal. Almost had a goal. Had yep, a cross-crease uh, one-timer type of deal. And then he had a uh, just a one-on-one shot uh, towards the end of the, maybe the final five seconds of the first period, actually, uh, or the final minute at least. Put it off the pad of the goaltender, though. But no, I was really impressed. Uh, I think I had gotten him confused. Like the three, well, let's say two, actually. For some reason, just the names confuse me, right? I always got Jacob Bryson and Brady Austin confused. Like like they're oh the, the same Brady people. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute. I completely Jacob forgot Bryson, about that. Guy. I thought he played a few years ago, but <laughs> no, I was thinking of Brady Austin, but uh do you no, remember I was... when when Brady Austin played and then in Tim Murray's final press conference when highlighting young players, he mentioned Brady Austin. <laughs> Where, what's he doing it now? Was, he, Brady Austin? Oh, that's a good yeah. question. I have no idea. Oh, I'm sure we uh, <laughs> prospects will have something on it. Well, yeah, Bryson, he looked really good. His skating is very evident. And, oh, my God, this guy likes to get up the ice. Right. We never see this. We never, even with Darlene, like we're starting to see it a little more, but clearly this guy didn't get a lot of uh, film time with Ralph Kruger where he can be berated for yeah. trying to get up the ice. I wonder if we're going to see, if we do see him tomorrow, if we're going to see more of the same, because I hope coaching doesn't ruin this guy because I'm, I was impressed. No, you know I what? I liked him a lot. Sorry, and, I didn't mean to off there. Yeah, you're good. Um, I liked him a lot. He, I liked him last year in 
Rochester. I haven't gotten a chance to watch any Amherst games mm-hmm. this year. I hear that he kind of struggled a little bit, but it's good to see him playing well here. And I don't care if he's struggling in the AHL. He's playing well in Buffalo. That's all that really matters in the end. It's just funny how that works out sometimes that guys can mm-hmm. struggle down there and come up and, uh, you know, be gangbusters, as they say. But yeah. uh, no, you know what? It's the young guys that are keeping me watching at this point, right? Like, you're right. Bryson is, he's a drawing card for me tomorrow. I'm going to, I mean, I've watched every game because we do this. We have to talk about the team. But uh, just, um, no, Bryson, honestly, this might sound crazy, but I'm looking forward to watching him again. I thought it was it was fun seeing a defenseman like that uh, jump into the play. It'll be interesting to see if 48 hours or whatever is enough to convert him into a disciple of Kruger uh, and just completely strip him <laughs> of any kind of, uh, you, uh, you know, defining quality that he has. But no, great play uh, from him yesterday. Uh, well, we're on the topic of the young guys. Another great game for Dylan Cousins. Uh, I'm just really, really impressed with, you know, the guys from the taxi squad who have been given these opportunities. I mean, Cousins isn't the practice squad, but um, uh, it frustrates me because the guys who are really playing the I want to say the best, but like it's Cousins, it's. Middlestat, it's Aspland, it's Bryson, it's Borgen. I just rattle off five names there that like aren't really full-time members of the team besides Cousins, and they're playing really well and should be playing. Like, what is... I get it. They're probably not that good if they're not spending time on the taxi squad and if they're not spending extra time in the AHL. But it's like a chicken or the egg kind of thing. It's annoying. Like, these guys are playing really well. They should be playing on a nightly basis, especially Borgen. What, why did Borgen's, what, 23, 24 years old now? He was drafted in 2015. He's Jack Eichel's yeah. age. Jack Eichel's draft. Yeah. And he's just starting to break in now. They kept him on the taxi squad the whole season up till this point. He has barely gotten any looks with the team. I think he got a couple looks last season or the year before but that's besides the point why is why is it taking so long to get these guys up here it, it's Bryson, such a I backwards but <clears throat> no it's it's such a backwards way of of running a team i want to know if other fan bases deal with this where guys just aren't given opportunities because someone like kyle opozo just has to play opozo has to play every night yeah. Why are we? Oh, I, I know we're saving Skinner for the end, but why are they scratching Skinner because he has no goals and Oposo gets a free pass? You don't hear anything about it. His line gets to stay. It's the worst line in the NHL. Eakin, Oposo, and Reader, mm-hmm. but they're fine. They get to stay not broken up. Oposo is horrible pretty much every night. I, he's been okay the past couple games. We'll. Well, I'll give them that, but the, the, the line wasn't bad yesterday. They had a really good shift. Uh, I don't, I, th- I think it might've been the third period or whatever. They had a really good shift at one point, you know, just a good defensive shift that you'd want out of a, a fourth line. Uh, but I, I mean, 
I don't care how much money he's making. Uh, you you have to give that spot to a, a younger player who is certainly faster. Um, and like you know, the 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 little utility roles that Opozo plays aren't enough to justify keeping him on the team because there, there's younger guys I'm sure in this organization on the taxi squad who can do all the same stuff, but they're faster and you know, they can play uh, more up-tempo, but then again, Kruger's style isn't very up-tempo, is it? No, not at all. But even if you put Oposo on the taxi squad, these intangibles and leadership qualities are still going to be around the team. That's right. He's still going to be around the team. That's He's right. Still, I'm not going to be in the locker room on game days, but they, to my understanding, they still practice with the team or separately at least, but that leadership is still going to be spread and whatnot. <laughs> right. He'll still be around. He's still a part of the team. He'll still be around the team. Mm-hmm. And you clear over a million dollars in cap space. You can make a trade. You can bring someone in. You clear cap space. It's just mind boggling to see this guy get his head caved in every night and nothing happens. But we're going to scratch the good player that you hate mm-hmm. in Jeff Skinner. We'll get to that later. We'll, we'll get to that. Uh, Brady Austin update if you want it. <laughs> uh yeah, he's playing see. for torpedo in khl that's really that's never Niz- heard of them. nizhny novgorod uh and they are it looks like they're in a playoff spot uh according wow. to the google standings page they have a blue line next to their name which looks like it denotes a playoff team so Ooh, good for uh, him good for him he has you want know, to care about his stats played 48 oh, yeah, games. He's played 48 <laughs> games, three goals, 10 assists, and uh wow. good for him. points. And let's see how many games they played. So he's played he's he's not played in he's missed 10 games somehow. Oh, okay. So maybe he got covid. Maybe. But uh Possibly. that's maybe Putin poisoned him. Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that in bad taste? Oh my god. Maybe, possibly. Sorry. Uh, yeah, but it's just annoying. Like, Casey Middlestad's in his draft plus four year, and they're not playing him every night. And when he does play, he's been pretty good. I don't know what you think about Middlestad at this point, but he no, seems like he's embraced. Impressed. Yeah, he seems like he's embraced his third, fourth line. I don't want to say checker role, but mm-hmm. he's, he's looked good. Like, he looks defensively responsible he looks really good in the corners also funny side note i tweeted yesterday during a game middle set looks noticeably better along the boards and within i want to say like a minute i had like three suburban hockey dads like my tweet i just want to i just want to say that's what they that like right now. that's what they like <laughs> but no oh, he looks good mm-hmm. he doesn't look like an eighth overall pick but like he looks like he should be playing every night he looks like he should be playing instead of I like Toby Reader, but you should be playing over Toby Reader. You should be playing Toby over Kyle Poso. Been, listen, I'm not here for Toby Reader slander. Okay, he's been he's been all he looks right. fine. He looks fine, but you should have more investment in your former eighth That's overall right. pick. I agree with that. I agree over with that. a guy that you signed in free agency. Mm-hmm. I you agree know, with that. like come on, yes, yes. Uh, no, Rasmus Asplund. Rasmus Asplund. Mm-hmm. Why isn't he playing over Kyle Pozo? Every game, he looks fine. He scored yesterday. Nice goal. 
You know, I even if – Why are you spending two-plus million dollars on Cody Eakin, who isn't even good when you have Rasmus Asplund, who was a 33rd overall pick in the draft mm-hmm. that you traded up to get that isn't really getting a ton of chances to play, and now he's, what, 23, 22 years old. It's time for him to play, and you're not playing him. Just yeah. play him. He looks fine. Let the young kids play. At this point, what do you have to lose? Even if and you're, was, people will tell me, oh, Joe, face-offs, face-offs. What, Curtis Lazar is making 800K a year, and he's fine. He's just as good as Eakin on face-offs. Mm-hmm. It makes zero sense. Mm-hmm. If you want face-offs, you don't have to spend $2 million for a face-off specialist. Are you kidding me? Go you know on. who the best face-off man in the NHL apparently is at the moment? Uh, Luke Glendening. In wow. Detroit, Some that's according. That's according. For him. What's that? Some team should give a first round pick for him because faceoffs are so oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he's in Detroit. I mean, the Detroit commentators were hyping him up yesterday because he won a face. He won a faceoff on a penalty kill. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's what. That's what got the Sabers a first round pick. Paul Gostad gives you good faceoffs. Anywho, <laughs> oh, anywho, God, yeah. <laughs> Even if okay, let's say Opozo was sitting every night. I'd even if it meant Middlestat and Asplund weren't in there constantly, and you had to rotate them in for every game. I'd still be much more in favor of that than Opozo being anywhere near uh, the ice this season. Agreed, mm-hmm. agreed. But like I said, Middlestat's in a crucial year. This is probably the most important year developmentally wise for him mm-hmm. as a player. He's what, 22? He's probably 22, going to be 23 if he's not 23 already. Like, this is make or break for him. Eighth overall pick, you're not going to hold on to this guy forever. If he doesn't start showing, which he is, that he can be a good player in this league, he's probably going to be shipped off somewhere else for like a third round pick. He got to find out what you have in this guy. He had a good scoring chance yesterday. Yeah, he's. Mm He's looking good. He's doing the little things right, and he's carrying the puck too. He look, he's looking like he's gotten that confidence back. That line looked good. It looked it was probably their best line yesterday. You know besides, what? Um, the Cousins line. I but think some good. of the. I I I think it's just refreshing to see a young and fast player like Middlestat is in the lineup. I think that maybe that's kind of influencing my decision because uh, we don't have enough of that. But, no, listen, I've, I've been impressed. with. He should with be playing every set. night. If he's not mm-hmm. going to be in the lineup here, if you're just going to put him on the taxi squad, what are you doing? Send him to the AHL because you can. And give him good minutes. Mm-hmm. Put him with Ruth Salinen and Quinn. Well, like, what are they doing here? What's their, what's their end game? By letting him watch this whole misconception that, oh, you're you're gonna watch and you're gonna practice and your things are gonna be fine. You know, eh, I don't care if it's your draft plus four year. You're gonna watch and there you go. What what does that do? What does that do? I don't. I just do not understand. Mm-hmm. Like, it's good to have him around the team and all, but the guy needs to play. Play him if you're not gonna play him in Buffalo, Simon or Rochester. Mm-hmm. And he deserved like the way he's been playing, and it's been five games this year. He has earned it, and that's something that hasn't happened for him. 
he's finally earned a spot. He was given a spot when they signed him. They gave him a spot the year after, and then they gave him a spot again. Then they sent him to AHL, and he almost earned a spot again, but then the league shut down. He's earned it. Mm-hmm. Show him. Show him that you appreciate his effort. Yeah, that's what I got to say on that matter. Well, I got you there. Well, maybe what gives me hope is maybe he could be our Yesapuyarvi. Right? Yeah. He comes back. Ooh, he seems like he's turned it around. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's smiling every night. Uh, he's playing hard. You know, maybe he can be the guy. He embraces that role where, hey, you're not going to be cream of the crop here. You're not going to be able to play on the team, but you can still play an important role and you could be an effective player. Uh, giving your skill set maybe he could be that that kind of guy which which i hope which is fine which is fine i think we need to get the eighth overall pick and roll junior mvp out of our heads when we're talking about middle stat because mm-hmm. it's gonna affect your judgment and it's understandable 100 but that's just not that the kind of player he's gonna be he's not gonna be a first line center like some thought he could be Mm-hmm. Um, he's probably not going to be a top six player in the league, but he might be a really darn good third line player, which that is fine. I'll take it because they don't have, a, they haven't had a whole lot of those guys over the past decade or so. No, you need, you need your good role players. And I'm not talking about fighting and goons that go out there and don't produce. Mm-hmm. You need your bottom six to produce. And if middle stack can do that, that's fine. I'll, I can live with it. Absolutely. That'll be fine yeah. by me. Um, Taylor Hall. Um, yes. Insider trading. It was reported that there's mutual interest in a contract extension, which eh, I don't know. Uh, he's looked better since Cousins came back on that line. But why, why are we relying on a 19-year-old kid to like make a – former Hart Trophy winner look good. Well, I've seen that talked about a little bit. Hall, eh, I don't know. It depends on the contract and the money for me, but I just, I'd trade him at the deadline and walk away from that. I don't know. See, I think there's a couple of different things you can theorize about this. Uh, One is that maybe he is a contingency plan if an Eichel trade is facilitated this off season. Oh my God. Or maybe <laughs> they intend to let Reinhardt walk and they just think, well, Hall's a better player. Uh, he can score more which than Reinhardt. Which is not true. Which is not true. Reinhardt, mm-hmm. Reinhardt's been their best player this year. Mm-hmm. And the suburban hockey dads who hate Sam Reinhardt mm-hmm. have been silent. Absolutely silent. Reinhardt has been the basically the only guy besides Olafson that is producing from start to finish, start to where we are now. But he's scoring goals. He's producing. He's making good passes. He's making smart plays. And he's been better than Jack Eichel. I'm not afraid to say that. Eichel has been having a really rough go of it this year. Eichel's and been brutal. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah, like he's been bad. I think two games ago was probably the worst game I've ever seen Jack Eichel play mm-hmm. in his career. It was a really mm-hmm. bad game for him. Yesterday looked a little better, but we they definitely need more out of him. And just because Jack Eichel is a franchise player here doesn't mean he's immune to criticism. I'm mm-hmm. not afraid to criticize Jack Eichel, and he is definitely deserving of some criticism here. Yeah, and listen, 
there's a whole lot of people, Joe, you probably know it's this, who think if, if you criticize Jack, you're blaming the good players, okay? It's like, no, Jack is not immune to criticism. He hasn't played good. He has a goal. He's broken more sticks than he has points probably. <laughs> and it's just getting on my nerves watching him turn the puck over. And everyone's like, oh, wow, here comes here comes Rob Ray, you know, getting on Jack Eichel about offensive zone turnovers. It's true. It's true. That's why he was criticizing him. Because he was turning the puck over in the offensive zone three times in one period. He can't be doing that. See, there you're absolutely right. But there's I think there's a difference between the criticism you're talking about and then like the suburban hockey dad speak, which is like, oh, if, if Jack Eichel was the t- kind of leader like Josh Allen, we'd be riding off yeah. into the sunset. Like there's a there's a complete distinct difference between criticizing or- him for offense, multiple offensive turnovers in the same game and saying, oh, he's a prima donna and he's he's not doesn't have good character and this, this and that. You know what I'm talking about? I hope I didn't get too loud there. No, no, you're good. You're good. Okay. Uh, well, no, you know, like the people who are like, oh, he's the captain. Why is not he scored 50 goals? Right. Like those those kind of people. Yeah, there's a difference. I think those kind of people like shut your mouth. Like, what are you talking about? But like that, the criticism that you're talking about, it's that's fine. Like it's deserved. I, I, and I, I, he needs to step up. Seriously. OK, oh, man. You know, we may as well get into Skinner right now because I have so many oh, yeah. thoughts <laughs> quelling through my head at the moment. But it's like they're using Skinner as a scapegoat when really he's probably been a more effective player at, you know, driving offense, creating opportunities in the form of drawing penalties than Jack and Taylor Hall have been all season. You're and not yes, wrong there. I mean, Skinner has like Skinner, he's. He's a factor on the ice. Like he's mm-hmm. skating, he gets chances, but who is he playing with? Mm-hmm. You know, like he's it's playing like, with Curtis Lazar and Riley Sheehan. They're playing good defensive hockey too. Like there's this misconception that Skinner is some defensive liability out there, which the data will tell you that's wrong. This season, at least, I think I saw. I want to say Micah Blake McCurdy say with a chart that Skinner has been. Kruger's most reliable player for offense and defense at creating expected goals too. I, I, I'm not the analytics guy here, but like, he's, he's good. He's probably one of their best players still. And like, yeah, he's overpaid, but he should still be playing. This is mm-hmm. absurd. Yeah. He is sitting two games in a row and you're absolutely right. He is the scapegoat for this team. Mm-hmm. And Kruger's going to say, this isn't anything personal, but are you kidding me? Why? Of course it's personal. Mm-hmm. It's been personal since the day he walked in that door. Yeah, it's and insanity. I I'm so happy for Skinner that he said what he said in his interview that I've played 700 games. You know, I've been around. I don't need to watch to get through this. I whenever I go through a slump, I've always worked through it. I've always gotten myself out of it. I at this point in my career, I don't have to watch. I, I love that he said that and, and spoke up for himself and didn't have to do the hockey media relations hockey 101. Speak. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so good for him. Uh, hopefully he gets back in the lineup because listen, it, it, who does this benefit? Okay. You're not going to sit. 
you're not going to sit a player making $9 million for the next 1500 years. Okay. Uh, the, the entire season, you're not going to sit them. Right. So what that does then, I mean, it, the message doesn't get through to the player or anybody else in the team because nobody's buying that. And uh, I mean, the other scenario is that it just makes Jeff more disgruntled and not want to play for the coach probably. Uh, but no, it, 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 it benefits nobody involved. I can't imagine it benefits the owners either because the guy that they're paying $9 million isn't playing. Yeah. So I, it, it benefits nobody. It's just a shallow attempt uh, at, well, it's stubbornness, quite frankly, but it's, 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 it's a shallow attempt to show that, you know, Kruger's the boss and that, uh, you know, he, he's grasping anything he can to, you know, try and uh, I think um, establish that, uh, that sense of control. The highway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just mind-boggling. I do not get it. This whole situation is just like, does this really need to happen? Mm-hmm. Like he, and I'm gonna tell a story here. Okay. Yes. Ralph Kruger gets hired in May of I want to say 20, 2019, May 2019, 2019, 2018. Yeah, 2019. Okay. Jeff Skinner signs his contract in June. 2019. You see where I'm going here? Yes. What is Jason Botterill? I hate to bring this guy back into the picture here, but what is this guy doing in the interview process of Ralph Kruger? Did Kruger lie? What's going on here? But you would think that the most important thing on Jason Botterill's platter, his to-do list, his grand to-do list, number one on that list is sign Jeff Skinner. Keep him. He just scored 40 goals. Okay. Okay, Ralph. Okay. I want to sign Jeff Skinner. How are you going to use him? What? Was this I'm question not. even asked? <laughs> well, well, <laughs> you see, I'm well, not. Well, you know what? I'm going to put him <laughs> with Vladimir Sabotka and Marcus Johansson. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm after when, when that doesn't work, I'm going to put him on the fourth line to try and get our fourth line scoring. What? or maybe that question wasn't asked at all because it's just implied that you're going to play a 40 goal scorer with jack eichel and sam reinhardt i don't know i don't know but like it's just you would think that there would be due diligence there and maybe kruger lied but you can't just say you can't just even think or give him the benefit of the doubt because he was never given that chance last year Besides, okay, we're down by a goal. We're going to put Skinner with Eichel for five minutes in the game. And then they did it a little bit a couple weeks ago or a week ago. But then nothing happened, and then he got put back on the fourth line. Now he's scratched. But I think the big thing here is Olofsson is on that line. You need to go back to Skinner, Eichel, Reinhardt, because I think Reinhardt isn't getting nearly – enough respect for what he has done for this team throughout his NHL career. Nearly enough. I think Sam Reiner is just as much of a factor on that line as anyone else. He gets pegged as this kind of guy who, you know, he's riding, riding Jack Eichel's coattails. Not at all. I think Reinhardt has just as much to do with Jack Eichel's success as Eichel does for himself. 
And we're seeing that this year. You don't see anyone saying, oh, Reinhardt's just a product of Eichel, yada, yada, yada. He's a bust. Oh, we could have had Leon Dreisaitl, blah, blah, blah. No. Reinhardt is flourishing right now. He's playing really well. He's been the best player on this team the entire season, besides when he was probably playing injured and coming back from that injury. He's been great. I, I'm a big Sam Reinhardt fan. I think he's great. Great player. Not great. Really good. He's not like some elite superstar or anything. I don't want to get come across as that. But I think you put Skinner back with Eichel and Reinhardt and see where that goes. I don't think it's going to happen because why does it – why – you would think. You would think that when you have a player struggling like Skinner is to find the back of the net, that you would do whatever you can in your power to try and make it work. But it seems like they're already throwing in the towel. Mm-hmm. Or am I wrong there? Or is this no, I think you're benching right. some kind of weird way of trying to get him to score again? And, you know, if Skinner comes into the lineup tomorrow night against the Devils and he scores two goals, people are going to say, ah, oh, it worked. Kruger's a genius. He did mm-hmm. it. But then when he puts him with Shahan and Lazar again and he doesn't score a goal and then they lose three to one, then what are people going to say? Oh, what's next? Back to the drawing board. I saw... Back to the drawing board. I don't know. I saw that even the Devils commentators were saying that Skinner should not be in the press box. He should be on the first line with Jack Eichel. I didn't hear the audio, but I I saw somebody did say that or pointed that out. Everyone on Twitter that I follow that isn't like in Buffalo, they're laughing at us. Mm Mm-hmm. They're calling Skinner the worst contract in the league, and maybe it is the worst contract in the league. It was already a a bad contract when he was scoring 40 goals. Mm -hmm. But now they're putting him on the fourth line. Like, what do you want him to do on the fourth line also? Like, do you want him to score 30 goals on the fourth line? When does that ever happen? Never. Never. It's absurd. The 1986 Oilers. (laughs) Yeah, it's ridiculous, and mm-hmm. he should be playing. Yeah, it's not good enough, but the whole team isn't playing good enough. Well, let's look at ourselves in the mirror here. Jack Eichel has two goals, mm-hmm. and he's struggling. He looks like he doesn't want to be here. Mm-hmm. Taylor Hall. <sighs> he's, he's invisible. Player, but invisible, yeah. Like mm-hmm. If you didn't tell me he was there a couple games ago, I wouldn't have noticed. Right. Eric Stahl, what, what's this guy doing? You don't notice him either. He, you know what? He he's really giving me Jason Pominville vibes lately. Like he's yeah, not like, much different from what we had in Jason Pominville. Oh, well, you're not wrong. Like he, towards the well, end, Stahl's okay. He's I think he's fine, but definitely would have hoped for a little more out of him. He looks a little mm-hmm. washed up, but yeah. yeah. But. Okay, you got the Skinner contract. Now they want to sign Taylor Hall mm-hmm. to a long-term deal, potentially. Like, I don't know about that. I, I don't know I how you get trade. all this to work. You, you, you don't. Yeah. I mean, Darlene probably isn't going to command an extremely high cap hit. And Yoki Haru probably, too, especially the way he's been playing. He's definitely not going to be getting a high number either because he's been – terrible also what the heck happened to him played himself into a bridge deal 
Yeah, what happened to Henry Okihari? This guy was supposed to be their... This is supposed to be Darlene's partner of the future, and now he's flirting with healthy scratch <laughs> on a lot of nights. I don't know. He, he, he's been looking really rough defensively. Yeah, I don't know. But maybe they do work out an extension with Hall. If it were me, I say trade him. Get one of their picks and prospects, maybe players that you can get, and move on because ugh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, hey, I'm glad that it's their problem to figure out and not mine because uh, it's going to be one of the most entertaining off-seasons, I think, uh, throughout the whole drought. And we're still yeah, a few months I mean, away. Still a few months away, but... Do they rebuild again? I think that's something that we've brought up going back I think it's. I think another here. rebuild is the only way out of this. I really do. No, it's not something people want to hear, have, but... This is a question that I've been thinking about. Mm-hmm. Do you think they have a bad team? No, I don't think they. No, because you look at this I, roster not at all. You look at the guys who are on the ice every night, and there's really no excuse for why they can't score five on five, uh, yeah. and why the record's the way it is. There's, there's no, no excuse at all. The top six is Sam Reinhart. Well, their top six should be Sam Reinhart, Jack Eichel, Jeff Skinner, Victor Olofsson, Taylor Hall, Eric Stahl. Mm-hmm. And that's a really good top six. That's a good that's a good base for your forward group. Mm-hmm. And you know what else they got? Curtis Lazar is looking like a pretty good role player. He's really Kyle good. Kyle making a million dollars. I'm sure there's some people out there, hockey fans, that think he's still something. Uh, Cody Eakin is a name. Uh, Riley Sheehan was a first-round pick. He's like, that's a name, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dylan Cousins is a high-profile pick prospect coming up like on paper this team is uh, i don't want to call him a cup contender but definitely should be in the playoffs right like i mean and, and you brought you brought up those names too like cody eakin toby uh toby reader uh uh they've been on playoff teams recently too riley Cheyenne. yeah they've all played uh in the playoffs so you know i mean you have that experience in the in the bottom six too this isn't this isn't having jordan nolan and nick baptiste in your bottom six Benoit uh, Bouliot. Yeah. Benoit, yeah, you're right. It's it's almost like like what what's it going to take this? How good are these other teams in the league? Yeah, like <laughs> it's shocking like seeing some of these teams get mm-hmm. into the playoffs and you see the Sabres just crap themselves year after year after yeah. year. It doesn't make any sense. And I do part of me is like okay, blow it up. But like they have Jack Eichel, they have Darlene. Like they have the easiest pieces that you can get. But I think I said it a couple podcasts ago. You, they have two options ahead of them. You either go all in with Jack Eichel, build a good team around him, and win, or you trade him and start over again. Because I don't see any other option besides those two. They can't be a middling team anymore, and just float and sink well if like you, they have been for the past three four years if you keep jack the only way out is to get better at drafting you have to draft better how like how You're they've right. tried everything yeah. they, they've signed taylor hall right i mean they signed jeff skinner they went out they got eric stall and it still clearly hasn't worked they need to draft better they can't keep doing patchwork fixes year after year and they haven't drafted worth a damn throughout this entire playoff drought. 
yeah, you're 100% there. But the, you're talking about the patchwork fixing. Jimmy Vesey, third-round pick. Yeah. Um, Connor Sherry. And what the heck was his name? The other guy that they got in that trade. Uh, whatever. He, he barely played. But uh, third-round pick for them, too. Like, they keep yeah. – Botterill was trading third round, third, second and third-round picks away like it was candy on Halloween. Michael First-round pick in Gooley for Brandon Montour. Mm-hmm. Um, go back at Sam Murray, all those assets they get up for Evander Kane. This is patchwork. Yeah. Like, they got to figure it out. They, they need to do some soul-searching here because they don't have a lot of time to figure it out because mm-hmm. once Eichel's no-move kicks in – you're going to hear, oh, Jack Eichel requested a trade. He will only go to the Boston Bruins or New York Rangers. And then you're going to be like, oh, man, what do we do now? Yeah. Well, because uh, you're going to end up with Vitaly Kravtsov, Kapokako, Alex Georgiev, and a second round pick mm-hmm. and a conditional first round pick that's lottery protected. And I think everyone will be very disappointed with that. Yeah. Uh, uh, they need to figure it out and figure it out soon because I don't think anyone wants to see Jack Eichel get traded. I own like 10 Jack Eichel jerseys. You think I want to see him get traded, but like, well, here's the thought that I've been wanting to get out there for quite some time now. Like, even if let's say they, they, they do keep Jack and they finally do sign enough guys or trade for enough guys to get us into the playoffs. Okay. But then, we we lose in the first round and then the drafting is still the same then what's what's the point this is why it all comes down to drafting okay like what what's the point if if you can't keep building on that like what are you building for at that point if you just sign up if you know you have a team of free agents and guys that you traded for that got you in the playoffs but can't get you far in the playoffs and then you can't draft like what are you building for then it, it, it all starts, it, it all starts with drafting. Like, and uh, I don't know where that begins organizationally, but it's, it's, I know it's easier said than done and it's, it's a lot more complex this, but they need to get better. It takes at drafting. a while too. Yeah. It and it takes a while, a while to like... develop guys, but it starts with the drafting. They've been one of the worst drafting teams in the league over the last 10 years. I mean, we, more. there's there, yeah, more, you're right. Yeah. Uh, but there nobody ever comes up that 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 like Tampa Bay won the cup with six round picks in their lineup East, former ECHL guys in their lineup like Yanni Gore but it, it, these third are the, round picks you look at yeah Kucherov was a second round pick um Braden Point was a second was round, a third pick, round right? pick Braden Point was a third round pick like your core your team was built and past the first round and the, the Lightning was it Kucherov a six round pick Second round pick. Second round. Who am I? Th- I'm thinking. Yeah, of- the, the Lightning failed I- on a lot of first round picks. The difference between I'm the Lightning and the Sabers mm-hmm. in their rebuild, if you want to call it, they hit on picks past the first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bottom line is, no matter where in the draft it is, uh, yeah, you 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 got after the first round at least, you got to hit on those picks. And they haven't they yeah. haven't done that. Uh, that's the most frustrating thing and, here. It is like that's what keeps clicking in my mind is that okay, if, even if you do get over that hump, what's the point of it all? If there's nothing there for the future and you have no faith in the guys who are drafting for your future. Yeah, you're you're right. I mean 
it sucks because like I do have hope for Jack Quinn and uh, JJ JJ Paterka. I'm excited for, for him, them, but like, is Matteo Costantini going to be anything? Like, yeah, I know he's producing in the USHL, but eh. people get all worked know. up over Matteo Car. I don't know if he's going to be anything. He's I hear he has not been that good in Rochester this year. I think he's an afterthought, but. There are some, there's some hope for the future, but they really need to start drafting. And like you said, if they're going to roll with Eichel going forward and try and do the slow cooker build like they have been for the past five years, yeah, like see, they got to draft better. You can promise Jack that you'll get him roster players. You can promise him that you'll trade for a guy that you'll, you'll sign a free agent. You can't promise him like about prospects. You can't promise him a prospect will turn out how you want him to turn out. And yeah. that's ultimately how you how you maintain your team and and have you know a good, uh, long, sustainable period of success, which is probably well, definitely what Jack wants if he's the captain. You can't like there's things that you can't you can't eventually promise that you got to fix yourself within the organization, and mm-hmm. it, it's I, I think it's an afterthought. The whole scouting thing, the whole drafting thing, seems like an afterthought to this team. At least, uh, you know after the first round and maybe you know what idea you know what oh, go just finish your thought, finish well, your thought. yeah maybe if they had some success too if they had a few playoff runs and had to pick you know 20th overall they they actually you know put a little bit of uh resources uh into their scout department because then you'd really have to look deep for the guys and not to say well we're picking top five so we only have to look at the top five guys in each round yeah so it goes, you know, yeah, it goes thought. a lot deeper than. Uh, thought about drafting. You know, this draft that's coming up, it, there's a lot of guys who you can make the case for like 10 guys for the first overall pick. It's a weird draft. We don't know when the draft is going to be. Is it going to be in July, June, or is it going to be pushed to December? Are they going to do a back-to-back draft in 2022? Two drafts in a matter of like two weeks. Who knows? But I just want to float an idea out there that I know might be controversial, but I just want to say it anyways. Okay. I'm not a big draft by position guy, but they do need right defense. That's one thing that I think is very important. They, they're they pretty stocked on the left side. Samuelson looks like he's doing pretty good in AHL. Ryan Johnson is flourishing becoming a better prospect and what people thought he was going to be. And they got Tallinn. Those are your left shot D. You, you're you good there. And if you sign McCabe, you're really good there. Right side, you got Ristolainen, who is he going to play again? Who knows? You got Borgen, Fitzgerald. Ah, it's pretty meh. So I think I got like Brant Clark. Brant Clark is a pro- probably the best right shot defenseman in the draft. And the Sabres are going to be picking in the top 10. I'm going to say like an 85% chance of that. So like a guy like Brant Clark would be good. But what about goalie? Mm-hmm. A guy named Jesper Wallstedt in this draft this year. Really good. He's a really good goalie prospect. I haven't watched a lot of him, but he he's in the same conversation of a Yaroslav Askarov, a Spencer Knight, like in the same conversation of that type of goalie prospect. Maybe better even picking a goalie in the first round. I mean, you got 
two pretty decent goalie prospects, but the only guy who I think has like superstar potential in this draft is Jesper Wallstedt. And the Sabres need a goalie. You mentioned in the beginning of the show. I don't think I would hate picking Jesper Wallstedt in the first round. I don't know about you, but I mean, they picked, huh? they got Cousins. You got your center. You got Eichel already if you hold on to him. You have your winger. You got Reinhardt. You got Quinn. You have Skinner for the rest of eternity. If you sign Hall, like you're pretty set at wing. You don't need left left defense. If you're, I think it's down to goalie or um, right D for first round pick if they hold on to it. I I I just I don't I. I'd be very personally. I'd be very disappointed. Like it's you know taking a goalie in if the they first pick round. a goalie in the first round. Yeah, it's yeah, just, I it's... can see it, but like they need a goalie. Like they they need they need a stud. They do, and especially like if they're gonna play this low event style of hockey with Ralph Kruger, you need a stud goalie. Like mm-hmm. you need someone who's gonna stop that puck, and it's something different. Uh, part of me doesn't even believe that I actually want this, mm-hmm. but. Picking a goalie in the first round, it's like it's something different, and it's, it could be a superstar as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I'm not saying pick him first overall, but like eighth overall, if he's there, why not? You and I both, I think, have changed our stances on needing the importance of a, a great goalie if your team's going to be successful. Right? Would you say my, that you have? Yeah. yeah. My like, line of thinking is, how are you going to get that guy? How are you going right. to get that stud goalie? Mm-hmm. I don't think Lena Salmark is a stud goalie. I think he he can just float you around. Yeah, he's okay, but I don't think he's a stud. Is Uko Pekalukin in a stud? I don't know. He might be. Might, probably won't be. But we'll see. Is Eric Portillo a stud? Uh, probably not. But we'll see. He looks okay. But he has cool pads. <clears throat> yeah, I think. <laughs> <sighs> Jesper Walsh, that's probably going to be a really, really, really good goalie. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you're signing a free agent. It's going to be your long-term answer. Anaheim or Winnipeg aren't going to give you John Gibson or Connor Hollebuck without giving up a massive overpay. That's just a thought for people to ponder. Take take mm-hmm. f- for what you will. But yeah. Well, that's the problem that the Avalanche are going right now, uh, too. Where are they going to get a goal? Yeah. You know, is Philip Grubauer and Pavel Francouz really going to, you know, yeah, you have a, the rest of your team is absolutely outstanding, but, um, but, uh, yeah, uh, I just, I'm not sure. Uh, the importance of goalie has really revealed itself to me, I think, well, these last yeah. couple of years. And, uh, but I, I just think, Goalie is the position where, you know, there's other outlets to find one. You know what we haven't done yet? The Sabres have not gone overseas, maybe, to find a goalie. Uh, you know, there's a guy named Arvid Soderblom. He plays for Haleftia. Um, He's got good numbers. He's like 21. Yeah, he's an undrafted free agent. Why not go get him? Yeah, I just think, why not? I, I, you know, ex- <clears throat> go through all of your options, I say. Uh, I mean, we know what happens with European players here, but. Yeah, they spend yeah a lot of time in Rochester and then get disgruntled and leave. And leave, <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, uh, yeah, that's my draft idea. I don't know if I even take it completely seriously, but it's something different that mm -hmm. you could ponder. Well, it's fair enough. I mean, it's fair. It, ponder whatever, because they're still pondering how the draft's even going to work this year. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, we want to talk about the coyotes for a second the katie strang piece yeah yeah the coyotes are uh they're a mickey mouse organization <laughs> seriously and, uh, that's crazy they have a i'm pretty sure um they have about a billion lawsuits uh, against them right a now billion? is that is that true no i'm kidding i'm kidding oh <laughs> it seems like though <laughs> like, every what? paragraph Every paragraph is, oh, this this concession company is suing the Coyotes for unpaid debts of two hundred sixty thousand dollars and seventy five cents. It's just over and over. They have there's like nine outstanding lawsuits that are listed in that article, just because yeah, uh, they don't pay. The most damning thing, and I'm I'm glad that I'm, I've seen like insiders point this out too now, is that they supposedly uh, fabricated their earnings, which in turn affects the league's revenue and revenue sharing. Yeah. So because they're they're a poverty franchise, they're they're screwing over other teams, including the Sabers, uh, and the league in general, and the, the salary cap. Because those I forget what the the actual term uh, for it, but it's it's pretty much it's the shared monies throughout the league that influences the salary cap. Mm -hmm. They're screwing over the entire league because they they don't have their stuff <laughs> together and uh, they're they're lying. Uh, did you did you read the whole thing? Or did you? Yeah, I did. I, it was a while ago. I don't remember the whole thing, but the part man, oh two man. that cracked me up was the owner's son. What's the owner's name again? Uh, Alex Morello. Yeah. Yes. Alex His son, Morello, yeah. Alex uh, Morello Jr., uh, was originally like a shy, timid kid who they brought on board to like shadow the player development department, and then eventually <laughs> yeah. his pants got pretty big. And he thinks he's a hot shot. So, you know, he, it says he had no experience in hockey ever, but now he's, he, he, he he's working in the, the player development or player evaluation department. Yeah. And one employee, an honest employee said that numerous times they've seen him watching YouTube videos in the office unrelated to hockey. <laughs> so it, it's, it's, it's a franchise a that show. it's a clown show. It's rotten to the core. I mean, we've known something has been going on with this franchise clearly forever now. With the John Chaka stuff. Yeah. The, oh, what the heck was his name? The, the, their fourth round pick that was a neo-Nazi. Uh, Mitch Mitchell, whatever his name is. Mitch yeah, Miller, Mitch, I don't know. Some, some, yeah. some hockey guy name. <laughs> but, uh, no. Um, then there's just a lot of... It, it hurts me because I root for the underdogs. Yeah. You know, and Bill it, it Armstrong hurts. also questioned Katie Strang's reporting. Bill Armstrong too. just seems like the, you know, the stereotypical hard ass hockey guy, gym teacher almost. You know, he's like a strength. He, <laughs> he comes off as like a strength and conditioning coach. He, like, I think people, uh, I, I forget so what. Right. That, I can see that. Yeah. But he's a goof pretty much. If you haven't read the article, uh, yeah, seriously though, subscribe oh to the athletic. Yeah, they always the have we'll deals. Subscribe to the athletic. Yeah. yeah. If you click like a lot of times, <laughs> if you click on specific links, like if they post them on Twitter, the article will give you like a $4 membership for six months. So just, it's, mm -hmm. it's really, they, they publish great, uh, 
pieces, profile pieces, like there's one out of Donald Brashear just came out that I mentioned to you briefly off the air. But uh no, it's 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 really it's really good stuff. Uh players missing uh payments or bonus payments from ownership. Yeah, signing bonuses not paid. Yeah, and the NHLPA having to get involved. Uh so yeah, it's just it's ugly stuff. I guess relocation at the end of the day, to Houston. What do you think? It could happen. It could happen. Uh, I think you know what NHL take away the team from those owners. Well, it's it. Maybe if as Sabres fans, we could be thankful for one thing, and that's that we're not in that situation, right? Like staff, yeah, staff has yeah, been fired. At least it's not that bad, right? <laughs> right. Staff has been fired and whatnot, and it sucks those people are gone, but at least the players are paid, and at least the team will be here tomorrow. Yeah, true. Oh, there was something I wanted to say. I forget what I was going to say. Oh, man. Oh, well. Oh, yeah, here it is. Um, We thought that we had it bad not getting Connor McDavid. They didn't get McDavid or Eichel. And I know. <laughs> it's really, The guy they I got think... isn't even there anymore. Yeah. Um, I, and they still is different. If they got McDavid, hmm. if the Coyotes won the lottery, where they're singing a different song here. Everything's I wonder, probably different. Do you think getting Austin Matthews might have had a greater impact, though, on the team itself with Absolutely. Arizona connection? Yeah. Like, yeah, 100%. McDavid, McDavid, you know, he's the best player in the league. Um, and, you know, he's. If you're a true hockey, he's a box office draw. But I mean, having the local boy Austin Matthews, who's a, a top five goal scorer in the league, uh, I think that would have done wonders for hockey in Arizona. And if it didn't, if, well, then well, it's hopeless. But all right, two ifs: if the NHL is still in Arizona, and if Austin Matthews hits the UFA market and what is it like three or four years, whatever it is. I think they would be stupid not to throw whatever amount of money that the man wants to bring him in. <laughs> because that would be a dream come The league should get involved. The league, yeah. like mm-hmm. They should fix it to get Matthews in Arizona. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Toronto, they could win the cup this year. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. They're... Mm-hmm. I know the Canadian division is a meme, but but I, I don't. You know, I'm 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 a bozo. I really pooped on the Maple Leafs at the start of the year, but uh, you, yes, it's a cupcake division. But the Leafs are not a cupcake. They are a whole cake in that division. Uh, yeah. they're a cheesecake. Sure. Uh, you know, they're they're the end all be all in that division, and like they're 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 a real good team stuck in a division full of cupcakes. Uh, so I don't know, like, you know, I, I've heard people, uh, like, you know, uh, people in the media saying that whoever comes out of that North division, like, yeah, you're going to get to the conference final, but you're just going to get killed. I don't know if that's the case. Mm-hmm. If it's, not if Toronto, it's, at least. yeah, not, not Toronto, Toronto won't get killed. I don't even think Winnipeg will get killed. Will get killed. No, Winnipeg's got a good team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't get how they're floundering in the final playoff spot. I feel like they're better than that, but, um, no, Toronto. Well, the Canadian division. 
uh, Claude Julian and Kirk Muller got fired today. That's right. And they're in a playoff spot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which, and, of course, you, you know, wish well, that the Sabres had that kind of ability. Where's that standard here? You know, yeah. come on. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I think Ralph Kruger is going to ride off into the sunset here and probably last until next season, and then they're going to flounder again. And then what's going to happen? We'll see. They'll probably this team's afraid to make an in-season coaching change for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. They like to wait until it's too late. Yeah, where's that standard here? Right, be nice. Right. Well, before we part, I'm just looking at the standings right now. The Central Division is quite entertaining. Have you seen uh, Lincoln in? The Blackhawks. No, I haven't watched many Blackhawks games, but I I love watching this guy. Fantastic. He's not the biggest guy in the world. He he actually looks pretty small, and he's just he's so entertaining to watch. I don't even know his first name. Kevin Lankinen. Kevin Lankinen. Is he Finnish? Yeah. Um, I think so. Uh, remember in the beginning of the season when everyone was like, "Oh, Chicago doesn't have a goalie." Mm-hmm. We have Malcolm oh. Subban and Colin Delia. Well, they oh, found they one. It's like Hashik came out of nowhere. Yeah, Kevin Lankinen. Yep. Good guy. Kevin Lankinen. Yeah. But seriously, uh, look at that division. Before we part ways. It's Well, it's just so bizarre looking at that division. Florida on top. You know, Chicago it took Quenville a little bit, too. but he has those guys going. Uh, yeah, Carolina, Chicago, and Tampa. It's like there's six really good teams in that division. So that's going to be the one. Everyone talks about the the, the, Sabre, the division the Sabres are in, uh, the East. But, I mean, two good teams <clears throat> are going to miss. Uh, I mean, if, if we're counting, if we're going to say Chicago is really good, um, someone's going to miss. So a good team's going to miss there, too. Yeah, I don't think anyone expected Chicago and Florida to be as good as they are this Jeremy season. Jeremy Nashville, Nashville is uh, – they're going down a rebuilding spiral there, so I wouldn't call them a good team. I don't know if they 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 look the like the 2012 Sabers. Talking about, yeah. Well, no, I was saying Nashville and Detroit are the the two teams that aren't okay among the group. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Dallas is just well, they they haven't really played many games, so. Mm-hmm. All right, I think I've expressed everything and pain and suffering that I would like yeah. to talk about. Well, Sabers today. I don't know if you got anything else. I think it was a good show and I appreciate anyone who stayed around long enough to listen. Thank you. Heck yeah. Appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, Subscribe to the podcast on SoundCloud. You can find it on Apple podcasts and Spotify as well. Just search for the charging Buffalo. If you'd be so kind to leave us a review, five-star rating, that'd be cool too. Um, you follow the Charging Buffalo on Twitter and Instagram at the Charging Buff, and check out our website at thechargingbuffalo.net. Follow us on Twitter too, Joe TCB NHL and LVKETCB. And once again, we appreciate you all for listening, and we'll see you in the next one.